This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Hello, welcome to this podcast. My name is Anne. I've been a volunteer here at Joy for 17 years. Please continue to support Joy. This is our 25th year and we need community support by way of donations and memberships. Support Joy now during Radiothon 2018. Head to our website, click donate now. Joy.org.au Broadway icon John Cameron Mitchell channels the essence of his glam rock icon Hedwig and the Angry Inch for one night only at Art Centre Melbourne this July. So put on some makeup, turn up the A track, and pull the wig down from the shelf. John Cameron Mitchell, July 10 at Art Centre Melbourne. Book now. Joy sponsor. You gotta see the baby. When are you gonna see the baby? Family Matters. You are listening to Family Matters, your light-hearted look at rainbow families here at Joy 94.9. My name is Gina and I'm joined by the very lovely Clayton. Hi, Clayton. How Hello. are you tonight? I'm very well. Yourself? Very, very well. We've actually got a full studio because we've got some new radio training graduates. We've got I'm the just, babies. I'm just going to call them graduates. I don't know if you passed that test you were just doing. Sure we have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we've got Con and Bowie and you know what? We're throwing them straight into the deep end. Clayton, because mm-hmm. that's—I think that's the best way to learn. Sometimes. Well, we got rid of the live reads, so you and I don't have to do them. Oh, <laughs> that's another good reason yeah. why to bring <laughs> Con and Bowie in. So throughout tonight, you will be hearing not only from Clayton and myself, but Con and Bowie, and we have an amazing guest joining us, who's got a brilliant new book coming out. Hi, Joe Hurst. Hi. Hi. We're going to be hearing from you very shortly, so you just sit tight. But because we are a rainbow family show, Clayton, I'm all about creating more rainbow families. Fair enough. I heard something on the Informer last night that kind of startled me. I think we have a slight clip that uh, we want to we want to share as to what's actually happening out there, which might hinder future rainbow families. Australia, we've got a sperm problem. We're running out of sperm. That's right. It's a sperm shortage down under. But how, I hear you say? Well, our LGBTIQ communities are partly responsible. So what are we going to do about it? I sat down with Dr Weston from Monash IVF Group to find out. Dr Weston was the first gay IVF specialist in Victoria to open up a private practice and is a leading gay rights doctor at Monash IVF. Traditional people who need sperm donors are heterosexual couples where the male partner doesn't have any sperm in his ejaculate and we're unable to find any sperm for him. Although they're traditionally the, the main group that require sperm donors... They're actually now our smallest group. In Victoria, from 2010, both single women, lesbian couples, transgender patients, any patient who wants to have a child can access donor sperm treatment. As a result of that, our sperm stocks have gone to an all-time low because 75 to 80% of access to the donor sperm bank is now from non-heterosexual couples or from single patients. There's probably been a slight decrease in the number of men who've donated, but we've had a quadrupling in the demand on the on the donor sperm bank, and we very much want to be able to meet the needs 
of all of our patients, single, straight, lesbian, transgender, gay. If we're going to meet those needs, we need more sperm donors. That's right. Clayton? Get out there and donate. <laughs> like, seriously. I'm happy to help. Equality has made it harder to access sperm because more of us can actually get it now. I think, like, seriously, people. It is a serious topic, but it it's is a hard serious not to laugh topic. when we're talking about sperm. And there's quite a few quite little cute puns by Dean. My advice to you, go and listen to the podcast that was on. It's, it's on the Informer page. So you can actually hear about why. One of the things they were saying is some people think that because now legally children can seek out who their donor was when they become 18. Uh, the doctor was saying that some people are afraid that, you, you know, kids might come knocking on your door at the age of 18 to start ac- accessing your estate and that stuff. That's not possible. And I think that also one donor can basically service up to 10 families. So I think there's that fear, but you never have to say yes. So yes, there is the right for children and for donors to access who their parents are, but neither party has to say, you know, you don't have to say yes to that request. I thought 427-JOY-949. Text us in if you're thinking of becoming a sperm donor. Forget Radiothon. Let's do a spermathon, Clayton. <laughs> uh, Should we just start handing out cups out at the front of Burke Street or...? <laughs> well, <laughs> we've only got three toilet cubicles up here. We so, do. They're yeah. gender neutral. But they are, yes. <laughs> could get a little awkward. It could. And can I just assure everyone, if you are considering being a sperm donor, we've actually been in touch with all the clinics and we've encouraged them to increase, well, they actually had none, all the gay porn that is actually there. So just know you'll have the right material to inspire you to help create a rainbow family. Oh yeah, well, the gay men can get their own help and, you know, do what every straight man wants to do and service 10 women. See, that's how that's the poster right <laughs> there, Clayton. I think if we do that, we're going to get more people interested. We are still, like I said, it's not Spermathon, it is Radiothon. Mm-hmm. You can still join up and be a member. You can still donate and get a wonderful tax deduction. Or, like Raymond, he became a member from Blackburn, a family membership. How appropriate it is family oh, matters. I, I should look at the screen more often. <laughs> that is fantastic. So thank you, Raymond from Blackburn, for joining. Raymond, if you are considering being a sperm donor, you know, message you in 0427 Joy 949. We'll get you the details on how to do that. And if you want to donate your sperm in America, you've also gone into the, winning, into the running to win a trip to LA. No, we need it here. Okay, it's, it's here true. that we're running it's out. It's probably a global thing, though. It could be. Yeah. <laughs> eh, I don't know. Per quarter. Anyway, we have got an amazing guest coming up. But before we kick off and meet our guest, we've got a gorgeous little segment, don't we, Clayton? We do. This is um, Celebrities on Sesame Street. Mm-hmm. And today, tonight. tonight, we have Janelle Monet, who is singing about the power of yet. The power of yet? Yet. Not the power of sperm. The power of yet. <laughs> She's probably thinking about that too. Who yeah, knows? possibly. Family Matters is brought to you today by the letters LGBTIQA and the number one. You are listening to Family Matters, and that gorgeous live read a moment ago was by Bowie, new graduate here at Joy 94.9. How good was that, Clayton? That was actually a secret test we didn't tell them about. Uh, (laughs) No, you literally did. You're like, here, take this sheet. You're going to read this. You're going to read this. Now they passed. I get my certificate now. Yeah, I'm going to go print it right out out there. But we are super excited tonight, not only to have Connor and Bowie in here, kind of taking off those training wheels, throwing them back into the deep end, but Clayton, we've got a wonderful guest here with us. We do. Joe Hurst. Hello. 
Now, I, d- I doubt a, a first time on Joy Airwaves. No, I feel like a regular now. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> home away from home. Well, it's good we to were, be regular. We were, <laughs> it is actually a regular sperm donor. Um, I'll, keep, I'll keep harping on about that because that's really important. But yeah, jo, I can't help you with that. I know, sorry. darling, you can't help me with beta sperm donor. But you and I were in the studio just, uh, what, two weeks ago. We fangirled like crazy. We had the fabulous Jeffrey Marsh on oh. for an interview. How fun was that? They were amazing. Oh. I'm such a massive Jeffrey Marsh fan. I know. They were so sweet. Me Jeffrey too. was just such an honour. Yeah. So thank you again. And you can hear that podcast with Jeffrey Marsh. Um, it is on our iTunes page so you can download. We're not here again to fangirl like we did. We were mm. Qu- mm. quite embarrassing. I had to edit a lot of that out. You're going to fanboy Thanks this for time? That. Or? Thanks for editing what, my what gushing. What is the um, gender neutral fan... Well, we, them we're the girls doing the fan. Yeah, we're the fan girls. Works. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. how we embarrassed oh. ourselves. Yeah, no, I don't know if there's a gender neutral one, but Would we should work on it. Fan-personing. Fan-personing. Bowie, yes. It doesn't have quite Bowie. the same ring, though. Fan-person. <laughs> yeah. A fan-person, I think, works. Fan-buddy. Yeah, I kind of like that. Just gushing. <laughs> what about fan? Fan, not stalker, fan. Fan is what we're going for. Now, Joe, we're, we're not here to embarrass ourselves. We did that a few weeks ago. Joe, we're super excited because tonight you've actually brought in a hard copy of this. But yeah, I actually got it in the mail today. <laughs> Finally, everyone around the world, kids around the world, they posting do. photos of my book, which is so lovely, but I didn't have one. Thank you, Australia Post. So, yes, <laughs> I got one in the mail today. Yay! So A House for Everyone is your second book that's out there. It's a hardcover. Mm-hmm. I'm a bit ex- I've got a soft cover to the gender fairy. Is there a hard cover to the gender no, fairy? No, no, I didn't publish it in hardcover. Well, cuz I was going to say did I get ripped off for the first version? No. I was going to no. hassle the guys at Hairs and Hyenas, but no. No, I didn't do a hard cover. <gasps> How exciting. Yeah. Well, before we get into a house for everyone and learn all about it, I'm going to take us back a few steps back to the gender okay. fairy. Cuz last time we had you on, we were kind of talking about you know, the amazing ally that you are and the amazing work you do for trans kids in our community. But we didn't actually get to touch on the actual gender fairy itself, a storybook that I've got at home, a storybook that I really like reading to my child. And I'm going to steal the book back from Con because, as you all know, I've recently had a child and one of the reasons I love Clayton so dearly is because Clayton was one of the few people that brought an appropriate gift in my eyes to my child. It was a transformer. And a little matchbox car. Whereas everyone else did exactly what you've written here on page nine of the gender fairy. Pink balloons, a pink dress and a pink teddy bear for the baby who was labelled girl in the cot. That's what people do. Joe, they really do. Yeah. I'm not a fan of pink, but my house is now covered in pink. It's amazing. You it's have you have a baby girl and bang, it doesn't matter that that's a baby and doesn't even see colour when it's born. It doesn't see Everything colour. that's bought for that baby in hospital is pink. It's pink. And you go to the gift shop, because sometimes I had to run to the gift shop to get, because our child was a little bit smaller and, and we none of the stuff that I had fit the baby. I had to go buy smaller suits. But it was either a choice of pink or blue. Like it is, and yeah. it's really only for the last hundred years that Western civilization really? has, has chosen pink as a colour for girls. There was a time before that when uh, red and pink were seen as a stronger colour for boys, and blue wow. was seen more as a female colour associated with the Virgin Mary. So it, it really is just a fashion thing. Well, red was blood, and you know men go out and get blood places, like oh. slash things open. But I want to, I want to go back to what inspired this book because there aren't many any books out like the gender fairy there aren't any quite like the gender fairy there are quite a few books now well not quite a few there are a handful of books for transgender children now Uh, at the time there wasn't there wasn't one 
in Australia and there certainly uh, weren't any that I could find that had a transgender boy in them. And the ones that I had seen were very sort of pathologising. They were yes. a little bit about the medical journey. They talked about um, brains and bodies being different to how you feel inside. And I guess what we try and teach our children is that your body is yours. So if you're a boy, your body is a boy's body. So I wanted to write something that was positive for children, that would give them a positive message, but also help give that message to their peers a little bit more understanding and help them feel a little bit Mm. more included and seen. You made a, we were having a chat about this the other day and we know there are other books out there that do talk about the medical procedures and do talk about that stuff. And in a classroom setting, a child might not want their peers to know that stuff. And that's where the gender fairy doesn't do that. It is a book that can be kind of used in a classroom amongst other peers. I can understand there might be a need where a child's about to understand what's about to happen to them. Yeah. There's a lot of um, young people who like the book I Am Jazz, for example, but it does talk a little bit about seeing doctors and things like that. So I wanted to write something a little bit different. Mm. And, yeah, of course, that's not something that transgender children want want to see read in the classroom. Usually Mm. they want something that shows that they are normal, that being transgender is just part of a normal part of human diversity. Who were you writing this book for? Well, for my son, really. I wrote it for my son. And I actually actually had a conversation with Dr. Michelle Telfer from the Royal Children's Hospital. I said, look, yeah, she wrote the forward. And I said, look, I've written this book and I'd like to just give it to the kids that, that, that I wasn't going to publish it, just just sort of, I don't know, do an e-version or something for the kids at the Royal Children's Hospital. And she said, well, why don't you publish it? So I <laughs> did. it's so easy to publish. Yeah, well, <laughs> it was just so easy. And I think um, I, I didn't just, you know, I'm not just a mum who decided, oh, I've got a trans kid, I'll write a book. I consulted Michelle. I yep. consulted lots of people within the transgender community. I consulted Y Gender. There were lots and lots of people I consulted because I certainly wouldn't think that me being a cisgender parent means that I know what it means to be transgender. So I did all of that, a due process, uh, came up with the final version of The Gender Fairy. Ros Ward uh, co-wrote the notes at the amazing back. So I thought, I, yeah, amazing Ros Ward. So I thought, I've got to go to the expert who knows about notes for schools. So I, I went to the best, I felt. I got Michelle Michelle's input, the input of the transgender community, and then Ros's for the notes at the back. So I felt like I'd come up with something really good. I didn't actually try and get a publisher for The Gender Fairy because I just assumed back then, I mean, it was the beginning of 2015, wow. that no publisher was going to look at a book that was about gender for transgender children. And also I felt that if I did, they might try and change the wording a bit. And yeah. every word was chosen so carefully and agonised over and I really wanted to have control of that. So that's why I self-published. Did you crowdfund or just... No, I didn't. I actually hadn't heard of crowdfunding back okay. then. <laughs> <So> <laughs> I call me a bit daggy, but I, I, don't, I don't even know if it was around back then. Maybe it was. It but was, I, yeah. I, It was, yeah, there you go. <laughs> I hadn't actually heard of it. So silly me. My grandmother had died and left me uh, a little bit of money, not a lot. And I thought, well, it's almost enough to go on a family trip or I could publish this book. And I thought, well, I think this is an investment in my child's future. So I'll publish the book. And it's, you know, it's never going to be a moneymaker. It's a niche market. Yeah. And it was never designed to make a profit, but that's not the intention. The intention was there to be an educational tool and there for kids. Does this version look different to your first draft? Yeah, good question. Yeah, yeah, it did go through, 
yeah, it went through a lot of changes. As I consulted different people, the book did change over time, but I think that's a really good thing, mm. a really good thing. Well, that's how books tend to work. Yeah, so. it, it, it had a process which evolved. But the, the basic story didn't change, which was, was really lovely, and the fairy was always there and the last line was always there and the beginning was always there. So it was just some bits in the middle that changed. You know, for example, um, when one of the children says, you know, is there anyone else out there like me? I had, you know, yes, there are some other children like you. And Michelle, Dr Michelle Telfer said, well, you know what, Joe? there's at least... One to two percent of trans kids out there. That's a lot. Why don't you put a lot? I said, okay, there's a lot of kids out there like you. Yeah. Things like that. Yeah. Now, our biggest critics as writers, because I'm a writer myself, are usually our family members. <laughs> Did your child get to read a copy of this before it went public? Oh, absolutely. Uh, he was involved in the whole writing process. Yeah. Definitely. And he loved it at the time. You know, like many other transgender children, it helped him feel validated awesome. and seen. About a year after, he said, you know what, I don't need the gender fair anymore. <laughs> it's really good that it's there for other kids, but I don't need it anymore. So, uh, speaking of audience, that's, I love that they're so critical. Speaking of audience, so what's the age group we would kind of look at for the gender fairy? Oh, really from about four up for the mm. gender fairy, I'd say. Yeah. You know, kinder, kinder, yeah. prep, grade one, grade two. But I, I mean, I've read it to grade fives and sixes because it does have that basic message in there that, that can help explain it in a really simple way. Grade fives and sixes definitely love picture storybooks as much as any they other year level. They I are totally, more than well, you know, to. you're a primary really? teacher. Yeah. That's yeah. Just, it's, it's so true. It's not relevant. They just go, yep. I like a picture storybook. Exactly. Oh. And they love hearing about the publishing process as mm-hmm. well, so I give that little story as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. And and we sort of talk to kids about the process of being an author and they're doing writer's notebooks and all sorts of things now. So hearing the process of making a book is fantastic for them. They love it. Yeah, and it, it does. And, and grade fives and sixes need to understand this in the most basic way as well. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think it's really worthwhile for them. And also you're looking at they don't necessarily have any knowledge, so the picture storybook is probably at the right level for them to gain mm-hmm. that knowledge. Mm-hmm. So It's perfect for people with absolutely no knowledge. What excites me is that many primary school children do have a lot of knowledge now. It's incredible. It's really exciting. The kids are all right. As for our presenters, um, Family Matters, Joy 94.9. They're not that bad tonight. I think the best presenters are aren't. There's no Dave, no Beck, so no, we're, we're safe. We're pretty good. <laughs> give a shit. It does worry. feel rather quiet without them. Uh, we did have a message in, uh, referring to our first live read, by the way. Well done on the second live read. Very nice voice. Well um, I'm in the concert with Melbourne Rainbow Band. It's going to be amazing. David. Is that our David? I don't, does he play an instrument? I didn't think he did. Other than donating sperm? He um, should be donating sperm. Yeah. I'll pull him up on that. Mm-hmm. No, I won't. Oh, I've got to be careful with my choice of words when I'm encouraging people to donate sperm. But yes. You'll we, give him a helping hand? Or? I will <laughs> give him a helping hand, but I'll encourage him in other ways. We would love to hear from our audience now if you've got any questions from Joe or you are... A, sperm donor yourself and like to encourage others message in on 0427 joy 949 email us on air at joy.org.au why not even call the front desk and have a chat to moshin about it on 1300 569 949 become a sperm donor help other rainbow families come into the world and moshin's partner's overseas so he's a bit lonely at the moment <laughs> so he probably needs someone to talk to <laughs> yeah please 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 call in now as we said, we've got the wonderful, wonderful, wonderful Joe Hurst here in studio. We have been talking about the first book, The Gender Fairy, but there is another book that is coming out. When is it, Joe? Next week? Well, 
Well, you've got it's one. It's officially being launched next week, but I think you, you can certainly get it from in Australia. Yeah. It's already out overseas, and I think you can get it from bookshops in Australia now. I know here in Hyenas I already have it. They did. But they were very cheeky because they put on social media, look what we've got, Joe. Yeah. And you walked in going, I got mine today, and I'm like, how did Hyenas get it for because you? Because Australia Post. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> yeah. Are they a sponsor? I don't know. Anyway, we Sorry. might get into it. Have you but. autographed your own copy yet? Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> so the new book, A House for Everyone, I've had a, a quick gl- glance at it myself. Clayton, you've had a quick read as well. But when did you think up this story, the second book? Not too long after The Gender Fairy. So this, this book, A House for Everyone, has been in the making for quite a while. Mm-hmm. I wrote it probably, let's see, 2006, some stage in 2016. I can't remember the first version. Yep. The first version was very, uh, well, it probably doesn't seem very First Australian, but it was. Trouble, that's okay. No. Well, it wasn't too dissimilar. It was very Australian and I've ended up with a UK-US publisher, which is fantastic. I'm just great, grateful to have a publisher. There was a possibility of an Australian publisher as well and I chose to go with this one because having a book published in America, mm. in the UK and the USA is, is really a fantastic opportunity. Not only is it a fantastic opportunity, didn't I say on social media somewhere that you've been added on a pretty important list during Pride Month? Is that in the UK? Tell us, come on. Yes, I, be couldn't, I couldn't believe it. So <laughs> I, I haven't even launched the book here and Waterstones, who are the biggest retailer in the UK have put it as recommended reading for Pride Month. It's like, wow. Amazing. I can't believe that. So it's very exciting. Yeah. But this book uh, originally, so when this publisher saw it, they said, mm, it's very Australian. So originally it was going to be, <laughs> not many people know this, but it was going to be a game where children broke rocks okay. and made sand. And America wasn't happy with that. Like, really? They've got sand and rocks in the no, US? No, Joe, no, Joe. Geologically, <laughs> geologically, we, we don't do that. We don't have that kind of geology. So, no, that couldn't happen. Had to change that whole story. Stop it. So we had to make the, the, well, I call it a tree house. It's called a house because a cubby can't be used because oh, we only yeah. use that really in Victoria. So, and playhouse is what they would use in, in some places, but that didn't sound right to, to me as an Australian playhouse. Tree house wasn't really acceptable. So it's a house. It's a house for everyone that the children make. So there are so many things in the book that the little words like that that have had to be changed. Because that happens a lot in the film industry. Yeah. And I know Australian films that have done well here when they've gone to test audiences in the States and I actually had this happen with my short film in the States where they said I would have preferred it if there were subtitles it's spoken in English <laughs> like there was yeah. not too much slang in it but there's no massively ochre accents or anything no. either it's like yeah it's really it's actually there's a, a really because it's a real ethnic kind mm. of diverse cast that I've got so I was really shocked mm. that they still need which, by the way, you can find on YouTube if you like to watch it. You can actually find on YouTube. So What's it's it very good too. Uh, the Escape Patch. Thanks. But anyway, and if you it's wanna, great. <laughs> and if you don't want to see uh, lesbians getting harmed, feel free to watch that short film, ten minutes. But anyway, enough self promotion. <laughs> Joe. So yeah, getting the language you. right for three different countries was really wow. tricky and time consuming. That was the hardest. Are part. there different versions for each country? No. So we wanted one? one version that yep. would be good in Australia, the UK, and the US. So I think we've nailed it. So there's no Philosopher's Stone and Sorcerer's Stone. <laughs> no, I really didn't want that. Kind of situation yeah. happening. No, really, is that? That's, in, yeah. in America, Harry Potter is the Sorcerer's Stone. Mm. Everywhere else in the world, it's the Philosopher's Stone. No way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yes. And they had to re-record the movie to have both phrases to be released into different audiences as well. So so we've got a big book show next week. Uh-huh. Uh, this is the stuff that's <laughs> going to blow my mind. Okay, we're getting that book list together. You've already released this in the UK and the US. Have you received any feedback yet from its audiences? Yeah, I... I mean, yeah, I have. That is the really exciting part. Uh, Jeffrey Marsh loved it. I'll just oh, yes, throw that yes. in, which is really exciting. So I was Jeffrey, on that email too. So yeah, and Jeffrey on. tweeted about it, which was really exciting. Oh, cool. But the the wonderful thing has been seeing parents post it on their Instagram page that their children have loved it and tag me in all these posts and on Facebook and on Twitter and saying it's their kid's new favourite book. I I got really excited when the new star of a film called A Kid Called Jake, uh, Leo James Davis is a gender fluid child actor in this new movie. With a trans director. With a trans director, Silas. Yes, Yes. I really can't wait to see this film. It's about parents who try and put a gender fluid child in kindergarten and the challenges that they face. So I'm very much looking forward to seeing this movie. And the parents run uh, Leo's Instagram page and he posted it as his new favourite book. So, well. <laughs> so, yeah, so far. And it's, I mean, it's only been a few weeks. So yeah, it's, it's, it's very exciting. I really look forward to the day that somebody tries to enrol a um, gender fluid or an intersex child who has not who's just been intersex and not necessarily been with the agenda, just so I can challenge everybody's expectations and behaviours. It's just, I want that opportunity. Well, there, do you mean a child who uses the pronoun they? Yeah, that sort of yeah. thing, yeah. These kids are in primary school, so yeah. this is the, the reason that I really wanted to have a non-binary character mm. in the book, because these kids are there, they exist. I mean, if you look at the research that Trans Pathways did this year, last year, I think something like 48.6% of transgender people identify as non-binary. So you, you really... If you're talking about transgender children, you're talking about quite a lot of kids. And we're Mm. seeing these kids in primary schools. And if you haven't got a non-binary child in your primary school, you are still quite likely to encounter a non-binary person in your life. So you need to get used to using the pronoun Mm. they. It's a simple fact of life. Mm. Because that wasn't in the gender fairy. I mean, the gender fairy has a gorgeous quote at the end of the book, which is what I love. And I have actually used it when everyone's like, what, what? Because my child has got, you know, a non-gender specific name and when I dress the child, you wouldn't know. It's comfortable. That's what, how I dress my child. But quite often I get asked, is my child a boy or girl? And I love quoting the last line from the gender fairy, does it matter? Yeah, that's it. Well, the gender fairy themselves are actually non-binary. Exactly. Yeah. And I always said that straight after the gender fairy, which is for non-binary trans, uh, sorry, binary transgender children, that there was always going to be a book about uh, for non-binary children, but it developed into a book that had all sorts of children with different gender identities and and gender expressions, a house for everyone. So, with with a house for everyone, you got you consulted quite a lot with the gender fairy. But I assume with the consulting, you were learning a lot yourself as to appropriate language and that sort oh, of stuff. So much with the house for everyone. Did you need to consult as much? I mean, people now come to you. Yeah, not advice. as much. People are coming to me yeah. for advice now, so not as much. No, I think I did consult a couple of people. I just wanted to make doubly sure I was getting the language Mm. right about when speaking about some little things, Mm. but I'd already had it correct anyway, so that was really just to reassure myself, I guess. Yeah, Yeah, I I was already doing it correctly, So, but I did want to just make sure of that. Being a cisgender person, you have to be extra careful, I think, and extra 
sensitive. Family Matters on Joy 94.9. You are listening to Family Matters here on Joy 94.9. It is myself, the lovely Clayton, behind the panel pressing all of our buttons. We've got the wonderful guest, Joe Hurst, who is a favourite here at Family Matters. We're a huge fan of Joe's work. And we have some recent radio graduates. We've got Con and Bowie. Baby presenters. We're, bringing, we're just going to throw them straight straight out the And these, are, these are literal newborns. Like, L- literally. Came from one studio to another. And, you know, if you like newborns, be a sperm donor because we need sperm donors <laughs> out there. Lesbians and sperm, seriously. Know, would you think? Like, really, I had issues talking using the word ejaculate last season, mm. but this this year... It's a, You're I'm just ejaculating everywhere. Everywhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so we're fine. <laughs> Bowie, I know you had a really important question for Joe. Go wild. Yeah, I did. Uh, Joe, I know that after um, the release of your last book, you got quite a bit of um, aggressive backlash, even though, like, I understand your intention wasn't to um, be an advocate at that point. How's this book um, and the release gone with that sort of feedback? So far, so good, but it's very early days. I think with the gender fairy, the thing that made it easy for them to target that was the fact that Roz had co-written the notes at the back of the book and someone put a post about the book up on the Safe Schools website. So when they were attacking Safe Schools, Mm. they drew in my book and Mm. kept me out of the picture and made it all about Ros and Safe Schools. And the thing is that no one in the government or who works for the government who works for education is allowed in this political climate to write books about gender for children even though they're desperately needed and schools and governments want to support these kids because of this political backlash no one will write these books which is why I'm writing them so I think that's what made the gender fairy such a target but with this new book there's nothing like that involved. It's just a book from me. It has some incredible reviews from some incredible people and some incredible organisations. And I really don't think that there's room for backlash there, but you never know. Is all publicity <laughs> good publicity? No, no. People say that, oh, all publicity, but mm-hmm. it's not. It's really not. That pub, that bad publicity hurt children. It yes. hurt children badly. So, no, it, it is definitely not all good publicity. And we were also concerned for you, Jojo, because that would have been just gut-wrenching to be thrown and to be used by the No campaign. How did you get through it? Oh, look... Uh, most of us are still quite honestly. I'd say I have some post-traumatic stress yeah, from that. Yeah, I think all of us do. From yeah, that whole I don't think I fully recovered from yeah. that, and I think that will take a really yeah. long time. And yeah. and that's probably the same for a lot of people in the community. But I felt very targeted, and I felt that my family was very targeted, yeah. and I felt very very bad for all of the trans kids and their families mm. in Australia as well. Yes, so, did you feel apprehension leading up to the release of this book? Yes, I did. So I purposely didn't talk about the contract I had for the book and the fact that it was being published during the plebiscite. Mm. So I made a specific point of not mentioning this book during the plebiscite because I thought, God, can you imagine if I announced this book during the plebiscite? It would be awful. had a field day with it. They would have had a field day with it. So, of course, yeah, I've been very nervous. So was this delayed public? To, to publish it? Were you ready to publish this? Earlier? No, there was no there was no delay. It just takes a really, yeah, really does. long time <laughs> to publish books. Yes. Yeah. So, no, there was no delay. I and mean, this book's been in the work for a couple of years, but I would have probably announced that it was in the process during the plebiscite, and I yeah. didn't. Yeah. Well, Jojo, you know we love you, and anything we can do oh, to support thank you. you and dare 
anyone. Well, I think it's really important <laughs> to support the kids out there. And I it think is. the thing is any yeah. backlash that comes my way and the book's way reflects on the children and it yeah. goes back to the children. So when that ad was on television, yes. there were lots of children who saw that ad and that book is about them. They see that as themselves. And yeah. some very young children got excited thinking that that was a good thing that the ad was there and their parents had to tell them that, no, that oh. was not a good thing. And, and that's just wrong. Yeah, no. Well, let's get you some pamphlets for good reasons this time. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> I'll deliver those mm-hmm. quite happily. Yes. Quite happily. Now, Con, you also had a question for the lovely Jojo. Jump on the mic. Yeah, Joe, I was going to sort of say, now you've got a house for everyone out. What do you sort of see taking it next? Well, I'm trying not to give myself too much work at once, but I'm not really allowed to announce it yet. I don't have permission from the publisher and the other editors, but I'm co-editing a very exciting book, another international book, which is really exciting. Uh, Nevo Sison is my co-editor in Australia, and we have some co-editors in the UK and the USA, and it's a really exciting book, and I wish I could talk about it, but I can't, so (laughs) I won't just yet, because it's not my place to announce it, so I won't. And there's a couple of other books I'm working on so okay. um but i'm i'm really trying to pace myself and, yeah. and k- take it slow and i realize that publishing just takes so long <laughs> it's different when you self-publish you just get it done i mean really? get See, things done I would, person i would have thought self-publishing is harder because you've got to go out there and kind of sell it it's harder it's harder yeah. to do but publishing companies take a really really long time to do stuff and can we bust the myth that if people think there's money involved in in publishing books no there's no money especially now with amazon and things like that you get a very very you don't get upfront money usually for a book at all and then you get a very small percentage of books that are sold and most of those are sold on amazon so it's like 10 cents a book or something so you know there's no money in it but that's not why i write books personally Uh, it's it's for a very good reason. The other thing is that it's very, very hard to get any children's book published. Really, to get a picture book published these days, you need to be a comedian or someone on mm. television, someone really famous. So I'm just really privileged to be able to publish books at all, let alone books about gender for children. It's, I know. It's, I'm just, I think my publisher's just wonderful. They do amazing things in the area of gender diversity and they publish a lot of trans authors. They're fantastic. So how can we get behind and and support this book? When it, When is it launching here in Australia? It's already in the US so it's and UK. Having a launch next week, mm-hmm. I'm very, very privileged to have the wonderful Jacob Thomas host the occasion. Nevo Zizen and Evie McDonald are my guest speakers. <laughs> Yay. So I won't be saying a lot. I'm going to leave it to them. And then I'll be reading the book to a group of children. So I'm really looking forward to that. It'll be just lovely. And where can we get the book after that? Well, you can get it anywhere online that sells online books. You can get it from any bookshop in Australia. I think Hare and Hyenas have it right now. Yeah, they tweeted about it. They I did, think it's on they the did tweet, they Instagrammed, everything, yes. I'm not sure which other bookshops have it because I don't have control over that stuff anymore, but any bookshop can order it. I think readings have it, at least they will next week. I'm going to say probably The Younger Son in Yarraville okay. would definitely have it. Awesome. They have pretty much everything that's exotic. So There you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I came across a gender fairy in a bookshop in Carlton when I went shopping. Readings in Carlton have it. It wasn't readings. Oh, there you go. It was kind of like a boutique kids bookshop. So I was super excited. I know. Look at that. Well, I didn't know that. <laughs> was last there you go. I normally, I, I really just sell the gender fairy from my website and yep. give to very few bookshops. It's just the easiest way for me to do it. But soon I'll just be, um, probably next year, I'll just sell it purely from Amazon because it's just easier. The life issues that, well, um, matter. 
Family Matters on Joy 94.9. You are listening to Joy 94.9, Family Matters. Here, your lighthearted look at rainbow families celebrating all of our gorgeous families. We've been so fortunate to have the wonderful Joe Hurst in studio. We are super excited to be celebrating the next book in the Joe Hurst Legacy, A House for Everyone. We've had a, a chance to look at the hard copy here tonight. We're super excited. Again, I love that it is beautifully culturally diverse. Again, we don't see enough cultural diversity in our in our storybooks. As well. All children gorgeous. need to be seen I know. on the page. All children, gender diverse children, children. Of, I mean, the thing is about this book too, I think it reflects the children that my son plays with at school. Yeah. Like to me, that doesn't look any different to looking at the school mm. playground yeah. either. So why would you have a book with all Caucasian children when that's just not reality? Exactly. And what we really need to see is girls in books. Well, yes. And all the other stuff too. But, you know, yeah. just simple, like books do not represent women at all, all mm. girls. No. Now, we are super excited because next week we've actually got a big book show on as well. So Clayton and I are putting together an amazing reading list for you all and for ourselves during the mm-hmm. week. We may delve into a few movies as well, but they connected might. to books. Yes. <laughs> I think I think that's the way. And I'm going to learn all about the Philosopher's Stone, which was the what was it stone? Harry Potter's and the Philosopher's Stone or Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone? Sorcerer. I, I had no idea. Now, what are you reading, Joe? Are you reading anything for yourself? Do you no. have time to read? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. And no, I really want you something. Reading a UN report earlier when we were coming into the studio. I've just been sent a United Nations General Assembly Assembly report of the independent expert on protection against violence and discrimination based on sexual orientation and gender. Bit of light reading. Yeah. Bit of light reading. That's my kind of reading. Cup of tea. (laughs) But look, this is so exciting. Seriously, it is a really, really exciting report. And I'm going to be tweeting and posting about this report all day tomorrow. Cool. So I'm going to catch up on that so I don't have to read that. I'm just going to read your post, Joe, and you'll keep me informed. (laughs) Joe, it's always amazing having you in studio. Thank you so much. We... I'm really looking forward to getting the seeing the feedback from kids, especially here in Australia, seeing this book. I'm really looking forward to seeing it. I'm looking forward to reading this to my child. I already read The Gender Fairy as oh, well to my I child. I just so. loved seeing my own child's reaction today when he read it. Be it was so just cool. beautiful. Oh, that would be absolutely so cool. Thank you, everyone, for coming in. Con, Bowie, what's, what's next on the cards for you two here at Joy? Oh, total domination, of course. I think so. <laughs> Con, what about you? I would love it anything, actually. I sort of enjoy the eight weeks we've had training and to sort of write, produce or even present would be great. And, you know, and having me nag you to be a sperm donor. Hey. Look, diversity, like we said, diversity matters in our books, in our stories. Diversity also matters when it comes to sperm. It because, does. And, and if you listen to the podcast from The Informer last night, they actually talk about the importance of having some more diverse sperm. So, because we are diverse individuals. And the fun part is you can't tell us diversity till later. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Clayton. <laughs> yeah. Well, up next, we've got the wonderful team at Well, Well, Well. After them, our favourite bears in the woods. And I might actually get them to join us for a storybook next week that I love reading to my child. You've got the woods. Good night, everyone. Woof, woof, girl. Thanks, Joe. Arg. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.